Welcome back to the Bulwark Coast of Hollywood. I'm very pleased to be joined today uh, by Scott Tobias. Uh, Scott is a is a longtime film critic, been reading him for many, many years. Um, he just launched a Substack with Keith Phipps, uh, which we'll talk about in a minute. It's called The Reveal, uh, but you can you can find that. Go go check that out. I'll have a link to it in the in the email here. Uh, sign up for it. Uh, it's it's going to be good. But also, uh, he does a, the ne- uh, the next picture show podcast he does uh the or he he was at the dissolve uh and previous to that at the av club we're, we're going to talk about this a little bit too i hope um and also freelances for the new york times and the guardian all sorts of places uh scott one of the best film critics in the biz and uh, has kind of seen a lot of the changes in the business over the, the the course of the last 25 years or so um which is uh what i wanted to bring him on here to talk about today so thank you thank you for joining me scott really appreciate it Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, I, I've survived somehow. <laughs> you know, 20, 23 years of doing this. I, it's not easy. I mean, you know, so this, like I said, this is a, this is a show about the business of Hollywood mostly, but the business of film criticism is also kind of in rapid flux. And, you know, it's never been an easy business to make a living in. The, the, the number of people who can be paid to write about movies at any given time at any point in history is never going to be super high. Um, but, but it is, it is even harder now, I would say with the decline of the daily papers and the uh, decline of monthly magazines, decline of weekly magazines, uh, everything seems to be in decline. Um, with the exception of Substack, uh, which seems to be very, very much, uh, emergent or resurgent or whatever, whatever you want to call it, uh, right now. So let's talk a little bit, I, before we get to the reveal, let's talk a little bit about, about your history, uh, working for the AV club and then going to start the dissolve and how that all came about. What, what, what was, what was the AV club's deal back in, back in the day? Okay, so, so how we came on with the AV club was very early in the beginning. I met Keith Phipps, um, while I was in grad school at the university of Miami, uh, we happened to both go to a junket, our first junket for both of us in New York, uh, for scream two and goodwill hunting. And we happened, we just happened to sit next to each other. Um, we got along really well. We talked all weekend. Um, and, uh, you know, at that point, Keith was part of a skeleton crew. I mean, the, 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 the onion was only in print in two cities at that point, Madison and Milwaukee. Uh, but they were just about to expand to Chicago in print. And so there is going to need to be an expansion of coverage uh, in, the, in the section. And so I started freelancing for them um, and did so for about a year and a half while I was w- working on my master's in cinema studies. And then they brought me down to Chicago in, in 1999. Um, and at that point, it was, uh, you know, they were, the AV Club and The Onion, they're all about sort of slow expansion into cities, you know, like the print edition, the print edition really mm-hmm. was, uh, the, the big driver, uh, in terms of money. Um, and, uh, obviously things evolved <laughs> from there. Right. Yeah. yeah so. That's interesting. I mean, I, 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 I don't believe I ever lived in a city that, uh, had the print edition. So I, I often don't think about the print edition of the onion, but I mean, I assume it was the actual money-making face of the enterprise since websites that aren't. <laughs> Yeah, it was robust. It, it, it was robust and it really changed. I mean, we had to think about different things with the EV club. It allowed us to kind of be what we were because we didn't have to worry about page views. Nobody was looking at page views. The, at that point, um, we weren't even, pu- we were publishing weekly. 
on the, mm-hmm. on the internet, <laughs> you know, in black and white, even. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was just a reflection purely of what we were publishing um, in the print edition. I mean, that's that's what it was. That's what we were doing. So um, uh, obviously, again, things evolved and we evolved with it. But um, but print was definitely what was important, and and all of those print ads. I mean, that's that's real money. You know, that's not. Yeah. Uh, things get a little bit murkier when you get into to, to digital and uh you know obviously that's that's way less lucrative and shadier and kind of you know it's it's, it's yeah. that things get tough yeah yeah i mean this is so i i mean i started reading you at the at the av club this is this is you know uh on the on the internet um probably after it was black and white it was probably color at this point yeah. uh yeah. but the but but the av club was a really interesting place i mean it was like it it kind of uh I, 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 it was, it was a combination, both a, a great place for long form, interesting, uh, critical essays, but then also it was a real hub for the, uh, for, you know, the, um, the burgeoning TV recap market, the, 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 you, where, the place where you would go to like kind of hang out with people and talk about what you watched the night before or the week before. Um, how, how, what was that? What was that, uh, you know, evolution like? I mean, we didn't have a TV section at all. We didn't do TV at all for quite a while. Um, so just adding TV was was big, yeah. and then we, when we started recapping after that, um, I mean, the thing about the the thing about the way things used to be, I mean, the AV Club would not have become what the AV Club became if it started now. <laughs> you know, because like because then we never we didn't because we didn't have to worry about page views and because we didn't know what um, was. Uh, you know, who was seeing what, you know, article at all times. And mostly because we didn't have, we, the onion itself was really the, the, uh, the driver. I mean, we were the, just kind of the back section, right? So basically, yeah. so we could just do whatever we wanted. If we wanted to run to have a 5,000 word interview with uh, Harlan Ellison be like our only feature that week, we could do it. No one, it, it wouldn't matter. And so, that we kind of developed a sensibility that way, and 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 it became a very writer-driven, uh, you know, obsession-driven enterprise. And so and so, you know, we all we would cover the the waterfront in terms of what was coming out, but uh, we also our writers had the opportunity to kind of like express whatever odd obsession they had, and and and, and that kind of attracts a certain type of reader. You can kind of really cultivate an audience and really cultivate a community that way. Um, you know, and, and now it's much harder because everyone's kind of doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. What do you mean when you say that, when you say everybody's doing the same thing, uh, because in terms of because they're incentivized to do so, I mean, they're incentivized yeah. to kind of flood the zone on certain big things that everybody is seeing and experiencing the monoculture, I guess. Sure. Um, and they're, and they're not as inclined to, you know, to celebrate some nichier thing that, that, you know, some, some corner, some sliver of the populace feels very excited about, but doesn't really apply to anyone else. So it's, so it's just a, it's a, and it it is entirely a numbers driven thing. You just kind of like, you really just, once you, once you're, once you know where everybody's going, you just want to kind of ring that bell over and over and over again. And, and, and so what you end up losing is a, a more balanced kind of suite of features, I think. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, and that's a hard thing to fight against. It's something we, tr- we fought against as well as we could with, with the dissolve is just kind of like we, 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 we've been that we were in the game long enough to where we, we knew which features were going to be 
you know, more popular and well-read. And then we would just, we'd run those and then we'd run a feature that we wanted to run that, that we knew wouldn't do as well. It was just, that was our idea of editorial balance, but that idea is very outdated. I mean, now, now it's really, <laughs> no one does the bad, no one does the stuff nobody wants to read. I mean, nobody does like yeah. the second feature about, about Christoph yeah. Kieselowski's like, you know, pre double life of Veronica films, you know, it just doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't do it uh, anymore. Uh, Oh, I mean, this is the this is the critics' version of the uh, you know the so-called directors one for them, uh, one one for one for us method, right? Like the yeah. the idea that you can you can make something that is both popular and then uh, something for yourself. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about the move from the AV Club to the Dissolve because I think I, I think that this is the Dissolve is looked upon by uh, folks of my generation uh, and and. Uh, you know, a few years on either side as like the golden age of internet film writing. This was like the great, this was the good times, uh, as, yeah. as some, some character might say. Yeah. Um, uh, what was that? What was, what, what instigated that move and, and how was it uh, to, to work there and to kind of uh, be in a, uh, in a slightly different ecosystem. It was, it was under pitchfork, right? It was. Yeah. So it was, it was a pretty dramatic time. I would say, um, things were really, um, changing at, at the AV club. Um, you know, there, there were a lot of philosophical differences I would say between, you know, the old guard, uh, represented my, by my Keith and myself and, and Tasha Robinson and Nathan Rabin and, and, uh, and Genevieve Kosky <laughs> and others. Um, and then, and then kind of a, a newer way of thinking about where the AV club needed to go to be successful. There was just, there was, and, and ultimately Keith, uh, uh lost his job. <laughs> uh, he was the editor in chief. And, um, and so he really kind of thought up this idea of just, you know, why don't we do pitch? Why don't we try to do pitchfork for film? And he approached, Chris Caskey was the head of Pitchfork, and, and Chris Caskey actually had worked in advertising for The Onion back in the back in the day. Uh, and he and he and he he along with Ryan Schreiber, who founded Pitchfork, had taken you know again what what was like a very DIY internet enterprise and made it into a very profitable, independent mm -hmm. you know online publication, which was you know, huge. And so, so yeah, that idea that pitchfork for film is just such a strong resonant idea and, uh, they bought it. And, and, and so he just, he, he took it, we we all went over there with him and, uh, you know, we, and we brought on, uh, you know, Matt Singer in the, in Noel Murray, uh, you know, who of course we work with forever. Um, who's my oldest friend probably, um, you know, we brought him, him on board. And so it was really this, uh, you know, and, and we were able to design the, the site from the ground up in a completely idealistic way without any, without, with minimal, you know, input from, uh, management, you know, with, with the full resources of an extremely good, uh, design and development team that made the site look as good as it did. And it does, um, it was just a chance to just to kind of like, let's just do the best possible thing that we can. Like, like, uh, yeah, that, and, and see what happens, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. and, and it seemed at the time, you know, on a business front, it felt kind of can't miss weirdly enough. I never thought that it would fail, uh, because I, because we, the idea was we would do this in a stripped down way. This is an independent publication. We don't have this large 
corporate succubus that's going to be taking all of our money uh, and, and manipulating things in a way that we don't, we don't like. Um, you know, we were given all, you know, we were promised a couple of years of runway in which we would not even have to sell an adver- advertisement. You know, it was just about like making something good, doing this long term. And because Pitchfork was such a frugal company and had succeeded as an independent company, you know, the thought was like we could add on to that and it would just be, we'd be fine. Um, but, um, and we were in a way, I mean, we, we did what we wanted to do. I mean, I think mm-hmm. the, the two years that we existed, you know, I was extremely proud of the, of the site, of course, but on a business level, the, the way the digital, the way digital media and digital advertising was headed, it was structurally impossible for us to succeed. It was just, and it was structurally impossible for Pitchfork itself to continue to succeed, which is yeah. why Pitchfork is is a Condé Nast company now and not yeah. an independent enterprise because all of the, all of that advertising money was being, was being sucked up or what advertising money there was, was being sucked up by major, you know, digital enterprises like Vox and Vice and, and you know, places that just had a, a much bigger gravitational pull. And so, you know, and when it came time to sell the company, I mean, we were just nothing but red ink on the ledger and that was it. Yeah. Yeah. That's too bad. I mean, cause, uh, it, it, like you said, it was a great two years, uh, yeah. and interesting, but I mean, it, it, it is, it is indicative also of just the kind of the real difficulty and the real impossibility of doing a site like this and having it a be interesting, uh, also be not be lowest common denominator and see also not just be festooned by ads. I go to so many, uh, I go to so many sites now yeah. that I just I, I close out on because I, I click a link and I get there and there's four different pop-ups and five different banner ads that load before the story. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, my my attention span is done. I don't care enough about the headline that I just clicked off of on Twitter to read this. <laughs> I can tell you, we, we never had a problem being festooned by ads uh, <laughs> or getting ads. Um, um, though, I, I will, though Pitchfork was, was, you know, they're very brand conscious, very important, you know, design is so important to them. They would never allow the shenanigans that you see on other sites. I mean, they, they don't yeah. want the reader experience to be horrible, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, just for the sake of selling more ads. Like, that's, that's, you know, which again, credit to them. I, you know, I, I don't, I carry zero bitterness about pitchfork and the way they handled everything. It was just, it was a, you know, just an unfortunate, circumstance i mean it was kind of you know certainly heartbreaking to see it go down but it was uh, yeah. uh i mean it was a, a great run and you know we could at least leave that site behind knowing that we gave our best and that people genuinely liked it i mean people people don't yeah. like anything now <laughs> so, like, people like if people like your site you know if people like a website that's a pretty good yeah pretty good and rare thing and the, the dissolve is still there right if you go to the dissolve the, the site is still yeah we, we we still have to we f- have to kind of keep fighting for that actually Elizabeth. Okay. sometimes sometimes certain things there's certain like licenses expire and stuff we kind of have to find whatever connection we have and we were given a promise um the day that that was almost the first question i asked i think when when they pulled the plug it was like i didn't want the site to go away right I mean, because that happens commonly that's Everybody, and it's just yeah. like the idea of like doing two years of your best work and you're right. And a lot of your writers doing their best work 
and just having it evaporate like that, it's just painful, too painful. So, so we, uh, that's not great. Yeah, no, it's not. It's, and it's some, it's such a digital media phenomenon. It's just like, yeah. you just feel like you're kind of like, you know, shoveling, shoveling words into the, <laughs> to the ether sometimes. Yeah. You know? and, uh, and we didn't want that. We wanted it to be preserved if we could. And so far it's so far so good. I mean, one day yeah. it won't be probably, but we're still yeah. a lot six years later. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about let's talk about the move to Substack for you. Uh, I mean, obviously there was a lot there's there's a lot of freelance work in the yes. meantime, you know, since I like, but but let's 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 talk a little bit about uh, about the reveal because I, I think it's really interesting that Substack is making an effort to prioritize actual criticism. I mean, you, you know, you guys are coming aboard. Ty Burr came before, uh, mm-hmm. as we had discussed. I think there are some other names. There was somebody else who you had mentioned that I I've now forgotten. Yes. Uh, what do you What do you make of the uh, of that of that effort on their part to to kind of? Well, I mean, I think they're just they, they want to kind of. I, I don't. I they. I, I can't speak for what they their institutional philosophy is, but it does seem to me that you know they want to attract you know established writers, writers that that can. That, that can bring on kind of a, ba- a certain base of support. And, and, um, and they also kind of want to have a nice diverse, you know, suite of newsletters for people to choose from, you know, I mean, I think there's a, I think we're experiencing kind of a newsletter boom right now. And, and Substack is kind of at the head of that. And, and, uh, and they're being quite aggressive about it. Um, though I would say, I mean, this was something that we approached them with. Um, we are actually, Keith and I were going to, your original plan was just to just to put a newsletter together and try it. In terms of actually, mm-hmm. you know, coming to them and actually making an you know an arrangement, being under contract, getting certain amounts of you know su- support, both financially in terms of and also in terms of design and editing and other things. Um, mm-hmm. That that came later, um, uh, but that was a very good smooth process, and they were very eager, and so it was a good it was a good deal for us. Yeah, I, Substack is interesting. I mean, we're you know, full disclosure. You're if you may be listening to this on iTunes, but the 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 bulwark goes to Hollywood is hosted on a on a Substack platform. But it is it is interesting uh, to me just how how good a sense they seem to have for the pro stuff, which I'm not the I'm not part of Substack Pro. I don't. The, but from what I hear from people who have done it, they they do a very good job of kind of. Uh, pinpointing just about they they understand how much money folks can make, and yeah. and don't don't seem to be uh, overselling it to to steal them away from pre existing jobs. Yeah, no, they 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 don't. I mean, they, you know, I mean, the good thing too is like they have skin in the game now, right? It's like you know, if we if we were to just to complete just to start the thing ind- independently, um, you know. <sighs> You know, they would just get a cut of whatever we brought in. Right. But but here, if they're 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 making a very tangible and sizable investment in us, um, that means that they have to be kind of active in in, in really in, in support and and uh, and also means reassurance for us. And I think that's that's important for other kind of pro writers. I mean, I, I've got a family, I got feet, I got kids to feed. Right. I can't be do. I can't like spend you know twenty or thirty hours of my week on something. Um, on the hopes that it's going to get enough subscri- subscribers to 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 bring in money, it just it can't. So this this gives you that assurance that you can kind of gives you the runway that you need to kind of establish yourself. And, and hopefully, after 
a year, which is how how long these contracts mm-hmm. last. You know, you'll have built up enough of a subscriber base to where you can kind of just, you know, go forward on your own. So that's the yeah. idea anyway. Um, and the nice thing, and the nice thing about Substack too, is that you, I mean, as opposed to running a, a big, broad, general website, you can kind of narrow cast for that thousand true fans, right? The quote, quote unquote, that is completely right. This is this is somehow a pure enterprise than the dissolve, which I did not think was possible. I mean, there's, there's literally Keith and I can do whatever we want, and this is what we're doing. Like, you know, yeah. we can we, we're writing about whatever essays we feel like on you know we want to write we're going to write whatever reason we want to write we're going to write whatever conversations we feel like we're going to have we're going to have it's like there's no no one is looking over our shoulders um it is a you know it, and, it, and the hope is just you don't need that much i mean you need i mean we need more but like you need a certain <laughs> amount of people to to make that a sustainable proposition but it's not uh it's not an insane number of people. It's just, and so you can find, it's like the opposite of, of everything I described about digital publications. You don't, it, it encourages you to be, to have a niche. It, it, it encourages to, to, it encourages individual personalities and sensibilities. And, and, you know, under the, the thought that you don't need as many people to follow you, but the people who follow you are going to be really intense about it. And very, and that, and that was kind of how we built the AV club of just like, you know, a, a, you know, we were very niche at the time and, and that, that, that earned us a very solid baseline of support. And, and, um, and that's all the support we, we need for something like this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is, it is, it is fascinating. I mean, I, I, I think, uh, you know, one 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 way that uh, people know you, and I, I'm apologize ahead of time for bringing this up <laughs> as being the is is as being the you know anti Shrek guy uh, that it, which is so weird, which is so weird because you know you've had a whole career based on like loving things, yeah. and there's this one this one essay in the Guardian uh, that you write on uh, what was it the 20th anniversary yeah of was. of Shrek that yeah. that kind of went viral and people were very mad about it. Sure. But it is it, it it is a weird indictment of the 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 internet ecosystem, right? Yeah, I mean, while I was kind of known as the anti-Birdman person before, <laughs> before, so it, it's always kind of the ones that kind of the the ones that stand out, the anomalous things that kind of get you the attention. Because of course, you know, I write for, for the Shrek. It's like, uh, you know, I write anniversary pieces constantly for the Guardian like, right. on that beat. In fact, I've got ones coming up on the French Connection and in Mulholland drive and uh, you know, spoiler alert, I'm going to say nice things about both of those movies, but like, um, I, I don't know. Um, should I miss it? What was the other question again? I, I, well, what is it? What is it? Just like, what is it about the, the, the internet eco media oh. ecosystem, right? That like kind of, uh, that turns everything that turns, that turns hate into more, more, you know, easily, uh, monetized or just just shareable than than appreciation. Oh, I don't know. I mean, from yeah, I mean, I I didn't on my end on that particular piece. It was just like it was very banal in the in the sense that because I do write these anniversary pieces, and I get it's like a one line pitch I get from the from my editor uh, Ben Lee. It's like uh, you know it's Shrek at 20 question mark. And I'll say, and I wrote back, yeah, uh, uh, with the proviso, I don't like the film very much. Is that okay? And that, there it is that the essay got written and then yeah. it got posted and, and it got, and it got shared. I mean, it was unusual. I think, uh, you know, when an anniversary hits, particularly an anniversary of a film that 
large, you expect, you know, these kind of glowing retrospective pieces, maybe, maybe get some, some talks with the original animators or, you know, I mean, you're kind of getting that perspective. So, so to, to, it's pretty rare to kind of use, you know, an anniversary, which is a time that we are supposed to celebrate these things as a, as a chance to, as the time to kind of like rain on that parade, you know? So, right. uh, so I think, I think it kind of stood out for that reason. Um, but, um, but I'm not sure. I mean, I, you know, I, I, the thing was troubling for me was it was just, it's just like the idea of criticism at all being just shocking. Like, why, how, how could you do how, how could you do this? You know, just, you know what I mean? Just like, what, 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 people are they're surprised that, that you can have an opinion that is negative about something that's particularly something that's pretty, pretty widely beloved. Uh, and, uh, it gets really hostile. I got it. It was, you know, I had a lot of fun, honestly, on my yeah. own, but, but, <laughs> uh, but it was just an incredible, you know, two day long, just deluge of, of hatred sent, sent my way. Uh, fortunately they didn't include my, uh, my like Twitter handle or something on the, on the tweet or, but even worse. Yeah. Yeah, no, that that definitely uh, that that will occasionally happen uh, for a Washington Post piece I write, and they include my handle for some random reason, and I'll be like, okay, this is why we don't do that. Yeah, social media yeah. people. Uh, no, but it's uh, it's it's. I mean, it is it's interesting, and it, it does feel like it feels like a very, it feels like a, uh, a a similar phenomenon that we see in the worlds of fandom, right? Like anytime you write something that is even approaching critical about you know an mcu movie or a dc movie or whatever mm -hmm. there's a certain segment of the population that just gets super upset that does not handle criticism yeah. at all and I'm, I'm curious i i have a theory on this and it is it is that we we have wrapped our own identities or some people have wrapped their identities in uh in things not only being entertaining but also approved of culturally and critically that it creates a sort of like it just it just makes them feel bad as people to to have the these these things criticized in a way they don't like yeah i don't know i yeah i i, I it's it's a phenomenon that i i, I can't i i don't have any good theories <laughs> it's just it, it is uh it's so foreign to me it's like i uh, you know my i, I mean the, the the weird thing about me is that i actually wanted to be a film critic from my, when I was a teenager, that's all I wanted to do. And the impulse to do it was like, some part of the impulse was to do it was like, I don't have to, is that I can stand against the machine in a way. Like I, I'm apart from all of this stuff and I, and I can just, exp, you know, talk, talk about the things I, I love and I don't love or whatever and express myself without any kind of, I mean, that, that, that always felt that was great. And part of it is part of that is like taking down, you know, uh, uh, you know, soulless studio <laughs> movies, like, well, I, you know, I, so, so, so it, it, the opposite thing where you're kind of like standing or whatever for Netflix or Marvel or something, it just, I don't get that, yeah. that impulse is so foreign to me uh, that I haven't even, I, I can't even grasp it <laughs> probably in the same way that they can't grasp why I would write what I did about Trek. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, the, the the fandom question is a is a long running one. I know lots of people uh, get get uh, kind of bent out of shape one way or the other uh, about fans and fandom and 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 all that. Um, but it is 
It is interesting that you use the word machinery to describe film criticism. Do you ever run into do you ever run into issues with uh, flax or studios or even filmmakers or whoever who are let's say annoyed that you're not writing proper reviews that go on rotten tomatoes and you know can can affect the score one way or the other because criticism has been commodified in a very real way like to the point where it's just distilled down to a single number on a website that's like this is this is good it's it's fresh or it's bad it's rotten and yeah. it's very it's very strange to have kind of lived through this as it happened yeah i mean that's a whole another <laughs> ball of wax i mean like um uh i mean just the, just the, the, i mean the fact that you can read a review from anybody <laughs> across the country mostly for free um, I mean, that's, that was, you know, ruinous to film criticism. I mean, there was no, I mean, it used to, you know, when I was coming up, um, you know, minor cities would have multiple film critics. That's all they do is yeah. review films. And, and, uh, and here you have, you know, major cities like Chicago where like, you know, we've got a couple of full-time critics in the major papers, but they're kind of barely holding on and, and minor cities forget it. It's like, it's like, it's been, it's been this like destructive thing. And it's a weird thing to kind of see. I don't see the aggregators as being responsible for that <laughs> phenomenon, but but um, but it has changed the way that people think about criticism because because if they're going to go to Rotten Tomatoes first, um, they're just going to see an aggregate score. I mean, they're, they're, that's mm-hmm. not really criticism. That's just that's just kind of like figuring out you, you, what movie you want to see on a friday night or something just like oh i got an 82 i guess i should probably go see that <laughs> you know and maybe and maybe if you're if you if you decide if you're looking at some of those quotes and one of them stands out to you you know if you know stephanie zakar didn't like the latest marvel film then maybe you can kind of like harass her or something for the day i mean like yeah. i don't know it's uh it's uh i, I don't i i don't I, I don't love it i mean i mean from my from my perspective like i'm i hadn't you know just until really recently I hadn't reviewed a film like a proper review of a film um, for like a year, <laughs> you know, cause I yeah. had start. I'd been doing some, I, I've been doing some regular reviews for NPR after the dissolve went down and then NPR stopped pay- paying for freelance film reviews and I've been doing variety stuff and then the pandemic affected them as well. And so it's like, Oh, so like the one thing that I kind of got in this business for, it went away. And so, and so yeah. that's another reason why I'm really excited to kind of, had the reveal is that I, I mean, I just wrote a big review of Titan that, 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 that we're running this week. And I've got another review coming for the many state saints of Newark. And it's just like the idea, the option, the being able to kind of write a proper review of kind of a largish film. I mean, I, I actually haven't, I haven't been doing that for like six years. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's nice. It is, it is one of the fun things to get to do for sure. Uh, so what is your, what is your publishing schedule actually going to look like at the reveal? Are you, are you and Keith going to kind of trade off? Are you each going to do a couple pieces a week? What, yeah, what's so, the, and, and go ahead. Yeah, yeah it's going to be, um, hard out of the gate. Um, you know, it's so, you know, the first three weeks or so we're going to have a newsletter a, a day, which is a pretty, that's a pretty fast pace and not one that yeah. is, is sustainable um, or even recommended in a way. Uh, typically, um, typically uh, newsletters usually run three. You usually get three a week is, is the t- a typical pace. We might be a little bit above that um, because there are two of us. Um, but the, the, I will say that one thing that we, um, they wanted us to kind of, Substack kind of wanted us to go 
all in if we could on this. Um, and that was one thing we said no on that we had to kind of keep up Mm -hmm. our other freelance obligations because, you know, (laughs) we know from experience that it's like, you know, things can go away. I mean, we, we could not be, it's possible that, that the reveal won't succeed. It's possible that Substack itself won't succeed. The New York times is going to be around (laughs) for a while. You know, that's not going to go away. I'm going to like throw that away. I'm not going to do it, but, uh, but we'll publish We'll publish at least three days a week, hopefully, hopefully more, and just have a nice mix of 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 essays and and, and reviews and you know thinky think pieces and lists and kind of uh, conversations, dialogues, I guess, between Keith and myself, and uh, and, and you know deal with films old and new too, just like we did with the AV Club and the Dissolve. So it'll be a, a nice mix of like you know classic classic films or older films and, and new stuff. Yeah, no, it's great to see. I, I, like I said, I'm, uh, you know, I've got a whole wall of critical collections that that I, you know, have picked up at used library sales over the years, uh, and it is it is very it's very nice to see you know uh, a site take a chance on actual voices and 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 doing you know actual real criticism as opposed to you know kind of a lot of what we get on the internet now it's incredible and i'll tell you like one thing about substack it's like you know the idea of of readers paying you directly for your work i mean that is a very powerful and very humbling experience for me because it's like you know i'm i've been i draw salary i draw you know freelance rates etc you know i'm used to the kind of like the weird flimflamery of of, of, of uh, you know circulation numbers and then also and then digital numbers and it's like this is so direct this is like you have this many subscribers they are paying you for this work because they think that you're worth reading and it's like it's a it's an yeah. enormously powerful feeling and it's been it's been really great <laughs> to experience this week yeah well that's good I'm glad and things seem to be going well so far in the first first week here the you guys are doing was hugely successful by our estimation and it's just a matter of like you know we have kind of a idea of where we would want to be to to after a year to make this you know a long-term proposition and Mm -hmm. and, uh, obviously that's a bit that's a bigger mountain to climb but you know once you to to mix metaphors i guess you know we got the we got the, the, the we have a snowball going down the mountain at this point we have a we have a it's getting you know we have something a solid start you know, and then it, and now comes kind of the slow, slow build of just kind of earning people's support and and um, you know continuing to put put out work that's as good as we can make it and and, and trying to find you know a, an audience that that's going to want to to look to to read it and hopefully pay for it. But uh, so far, so it's good. Awesome. Uh, well, uh, Scott, I always like to close these by asking if there's anything I should have asked. What, 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 what is your, if, if there, is there something that I have not discussed, we have not talked about from the like evolving world of film criticism, uh, or specifically with, with what you and Keith are doing at, at the reveal? Uh, what, what should, what should folks know? What do you want folks to know? Well, one thing that I would say, you know, again, to, to sort of pr- promote the site and promote what, we, what we've been doing for a long time is just, is to try to build a community where conversations are a little bit different and better. <laughs> you know, I mean, we, we, mm-hmm. we did sort of famously have a decent comment section in the dissolve and that, that was not by accident. That was about, it was about, it was about setting a tone uh, that commenters would f- feel comfortable and, and would reinforce that tone. Um, and, and we hope to kind of carry it over to, to the reveal and, and make it a place where people can, can kind of express 
their opinions and their enthusiasms and stuff to, together, um, you know, and have some kind of a community because of, because the kind of dis- discussions you can have, you know, over social media, you know, Twitter especially can be really fraught. <laughs> and it, yeah. it, in addition to me, not being all that in in depth in a lot of cases, and it's like, you know, and also you know, it's it, so this is a ch- maybe a chance to to kind of build our own little nest here and and um and uh and make it kind of a welcoming place for you know like-minded people who really you know you know love love movies and and want to go deeper into them and and want to find other people that share their share their interests so that's that's our hope here and that's that's really kind of like at the heart of what we're what we're attempting yeah i love that you i love that you mentioned the comments uh and i'm glad i'm glad that you brought that up because it, it is interesting that like you know for 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 the longest time and i think this is still true at most general readership sites is the the rule is don't don't read the comments don't don't read the comments just don't subject yourself to that um but as you mentioned the dissolve was better and the av club i had a reputation for being pretty good yeah uh, for a while um uh as well uh, but but the weird thing about twitter which i love and i'm addicted to and you know i can i, I you know it is what it is but like the weird thing about twitter was that it really did bring the comments section to you it, it was like this yeah. is if you want to have a bunch of people screaming at you uh, I got a good website for you. It's called Twitter.com. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it, it the idea of having a nice curated place, or not even curated, just like self-curated people, people who are there because they want to be there and because they're willing to spend the money to be there. Yeah. Uh, is is very nice. Yeah. I mean it's just it's a different kind of thing because it's just you just I think you approach it differently. It's not quite as you know tribal i guess or adverse adverse you know like there's a real um uh you just express yourself in a different way i mean I, i'm certainly used to kind of the kind of combat that takes place on twitter i mean i, I my <laughs> i my internet experience really started with with um usenet you know with mm-hmm. rec, rec art uh, it's like uh <laughs> arts movies current films or something like that i was you know that's where kind of i went to war and i mean that's just pure aggression there a lot of the time uh though again yeah. you can find little communities there so i'm i was i'm i was used to i'm not as shocked by twitter as a lot of people are because i'm used to that that kind of discourse but yeah. at the same time I, I the intensity of it is so um wearying you know i mean both in a good way i mean it's 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 both kind of a constant endorphin rush but also a, a stressor and like you know I think you can, I think you, there are other places you can go to, 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 um, settle yourself a little bit and, and kind of have a different kind of conversation, I guess. And, and maybe in meet and, you know, and have it be among friends, really, hopefully be people who get along and, and, uh, you know, are, are comfortable, you know, are getting into it and arguing with each other, but not in a way that's, that's, that's disrespectful or, or uh, you know, overly harsh. Um, yeah. so, you know, we're, we're keeping our fingers crossed on that. Um, and, and it's just, that's a, ma- a matter of time too. I mean, we have our core group that has subscribed. I mean, our, our, our people came out in a big way, <laughs> incredible. Um, and so we already have a really good, uh, thing going with, in terms of comments, but, um, but as we grow, hopefully that it, it becomes a real kind of culture that, uh, you know, that builds in, and grows on it on its own, even apart from our influence. Yeah. Uh, Scott, thank you very much for being on the show. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, well. Again, that's, it's the reveal.substack.com. Go check it out. Uh, and uh, like I said, I'll link to it in the email and the body of this piece. So you can, you can find it there too. Uh, but I, I have signed up. I'm a member. 
um, subscriber, whatever, whatever, whatever preferred term you guys use. Subscriber. Uh, and I'm I'm looking looking forward to seeing more. Um, uh, I'll be back next week with another episode of Footwork Goes to Hollywood. See you guys then. Thank you.